Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a man of light, a man who makes the man next to you better and the man inside of you better, a success strategist, an author, a change agent, a man of faith, a man who gives wealth of knowledge to fill the joy in you. Ladies and gentlemen, the author of the New York best time selling list, Going All In, Finding Success Through Surrender, the humble man of God from Solutions Ministries. Ladies and gentlemen, Jody Alden. <sighs> hey, Sheen. Good to be here, brother. Thank you. Yes, yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I hope you are. Hope our I listeners are. I hope, I hope everybody else is doing good. Are you ready to drop these gems today? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's go. Let's empower some people. Absolutely. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Wow. Um, yeah, so there's been many of them, but if I'm being straight up, probably the, the guy that has had a ton of influence on my life uh, to guide me to where I am today is my pastor, truthfully. Um, there's two, actually, I would tip on it. And both of them is men of faith, but one of them is my pastor. Um, and he just really has poured into me over the years and really empowered me, a good friend of mine. The second would be Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, T.D. Jakes is just, I kind of look at him as a mentor, Sheen. You know, he's been able to just show me that it can be more than just ministry, which is part of what I'm doing, right? I mean, it is ministry, but it's still... A business you can be an entrepreneur and you know an empowering agent for the lord at the same time and so with that you know those those two men have had a great impact of course my dad and my granddad i mean those are common answers but outside of the common answers i'd say my pastor and td jakes for sure tell me two things from each person that they gave you some type of gem or lesson they gave you that you use in everyday life sure my pastor he's always taught me no matter uh, my pastor is an African-American gentleman, and uh, he's always taught me that no matter a skin color, no matter a person, whatever, just love people, just love people and, and show, them, show them love. And so that's been huge uh, on that aspect. He's also taught me that, you know, uh, with God, anything is possible, right? Um, then with Bishop Jakes, I think it's more of the business side that really empowers me with him. And that is that, you know, you've got a guy who's made motion pictures, written books, you know, if, basically you think of it in the business world, he's probably had a hand in it somewhere. And so, you know, to hear his story of coming from a home that had no power and take his car was repossessed in West Virginia and, you know, all those things, hear his struggles, you know, and see where he's at today. It just gives me encouragement that if God will do it for him, he'll do it for anybody. So, you know, just learning some of that business mindedness from Bishop Jakes. Give me one moment in the story between Bishop Jakes and your current pastor where their teachings came to fruition and you sat back and said, wow, this is exactly what they told me about, what they trained me up to deal with. Yeah, I mean, again, I think going back to that, that they both have shown me that if you are, you know, going after what God is leading you to go after, that nothing can stop it. And for me, I've seen that happen. Yeah, I want to know a moment where you saw it happen, like an actual story from your life with their words okay, okay. to power and you realize you were ready for the moment. Sure, sure. Writing the book, man. Writing the book, you know. I was I was um, severely dyslexic as a child. Um, when I was in elementary school, I wrote and read everything backwards. And so when I had the seed dropped in me from another person, about writing the book, I uh, I struggled with that because that little boy in me was screaming at me, you don't even like to read, who's going to read your book? But then I had these other voices in me saying, you can do anything, you can accomplish anything. If God's leading you to it, he will, you know, he'll bring you through it. And so I, I had to overcome that. But when I overcame it, I mean, the first day it came out, it was an Amazon number one bestseller, stayed there for five days. You know, it, it became a top 10 finalist for a global award in 2020. And I've just seen that come to fruition. That's what I've built this whole business on that now I'm impacting people all over the world, literally, 
And that was a desire I always had in my heart, Sheen, was even though as a pastor, I was successful as a pastor leading people, there was a void still missing. And I told my pastor years before this that, you know, hey, pastor, pray for me because I feel like I'm supposed to really change the world, not just in words. I know everybody says that, but I'm talking about like reality, literally, I'm supposed to change the world. And he said, man, I'm praying for you. And then I would have never chosen the book route to make that start and to make that begin happening. I think I'm pretty good with charisma. I'm pretty good with speaking. And so I would have thought it would have been that that took me, but God took the weak things of my life mm -hmm. and made me strong. And so, yeah, that's definitely one of the things I've seen come to fruition for sure. That's an amazing story because he took the weakest parts. Now what part of you needs development, right? What part of you now has seemed the weakest that you now have come in this Herculean way and took on all your challenges. So anyone listening, whatever issues you may have faced as a child, within your growing years, you can defeat it and you can have hope for it. And just listen to his story if you need a reference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I tell people they can do anything that I, I go and tell people that now, if God leads you to it, he can bring you through it, man. I'm a witness to it, you know? So absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a vision board? I, I do. I do have a vision board and on that vision board, some big vision, man. Well, if you can give us one goal that you achieved, like an apex goal that you already achieved and one that you're currently chasing. Okay. So one goal that I've achieved is, is being a world changer now. You know what I mean? I mean that, that I am connected to people from all over the world now. And, you know, from London to, to, Uganda to Canada to just everywhere, man. You know, I'm connected to people everywhere. And so with that, that's huge for me. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is one I'm still shooting for, and I believe I will supersede. I really believe it. Um, but it's to reach 5 million people before I die. Mm -hmm. And when I say reach, I don't mean just with a word of a voice. I mean, really impact in some way through a teaching, a podcast, something, 5 million people before I die. I'm happy to help with that, sir. We're going to reach five million Absolutely. people right here on this podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying I believe I'll supersede it, Sheem, because yeah. the thing is, is that they, you know, they, they, so many outlets and the larger the stage gets, yeah, the more people you're impacting. And so I, impact. that's amazing. What type of affirmations are you telling yourself to make sure you achieve these goals? Um, some I'm telling myself currently is every day I tell myself I am blessed and highly favored mm. because, you know, if we don't, if we don't walk in that and believe that, then what's the, what's the alternative that I'm not blessed and I don't have any favor. And so go ahead, go ahead. I want you to explain that to the person who doesn't understand what an affirmation or being blessed and highly favored means. Can you, sure, can you sure. explain that to me for them? Yeah, I can break it down for you. So, so an affirmation is basically affirming that you are something that maybe you don't even recognize you are yet, right? And so you, your circumstance, your situation may not, dic, uh, may not depict what you're feeling or what you want to become. So that affirmation helps pull you out of that. Sheem, the two most powerful words in the world are I am. Not only from a person of faith, that is not only God's name, that is what you become. As a man thinks, that's what he becomes. And so if I say I am, I can say I am poor, I am hopeless, I am depressed, I am I am nothing, I'm ugly, I'm, you know, stupid, whatever. That's what I'll become. That's what I'll become. It's I'm, I'm affirming that in my life. I'm saying that's what I want to be. I'm manifesting that with my words. And so the option is I can change that and I can flip it, right? And I can turn it positive and I can say, I am rich. I am smart. I am encouraged. I am you know, whatever. And what happens is the more you say that and you begin to hear that and you begin to believe that through that affirmation, then you begin taking steps because as a man believes, that's what he becomes. So what happens is when I really believe something, I'll start taking steps toward that. And as I take steps toward that, so, you know, I may, I may say, I am successful. Well, that doesn't mean I can just say that and hocus pocus, it happens, but it means that I begin starting to associate with successful people. I began looking at successful people. I began learning from successful people. Right. And so I began moving towards success. Whereas if I say that I'm nothing and I'm worthless, then, you know, I'm not going to move in that direction because that's what I believe. And I believe there's no way to get out of it. As far as the blessed and highly favored, again, from being a person of faith, you know, 
I believe that all of us are blessed, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. That's just the truth. I just make a point to acknowledge it every day. Highly <laughs> favored. Um, highly favored just simply means, and I'm actually doing some teachings on this right now, but highly favored basically means that when you're favored, it's God giving you the opportunities to experience the fullness of the blessings that he's given you. And so basically what I'm saying every day to, to my creator is that I'm saying, hey, I'm expecting opportunities today. I'm expecting it. So, you know, I'm just waiting on you to show me the opportunity and I'm going to jump at it. And sometimes Sheen, that opportunity to some people would look like an obstacle, but I see it as an opportunity. Oh, you speaking now, you preaching now on the show. I hear you, Mr. Allman. I hear you, <laughs> sir. I hear you. I like what I'm hearing. I, I came up yeah. with a clothing line called My Favorite Travels. And a lot of people thought it was about traveling, but I was simply saying, wherever I travel, God's favor is upon me. The fullness of his blessings may reign on me at all times. So that's why I wear it on my chest as a symbol of tangible symbol to let you know that I have on my chest and all covered all over me and my family is favor. So I love the way you broke that down. And I'm 100% with you on that boat. How early did you start goal setting? Wow. Um, probably if I had to go back, I started goal setting around 15, man, because at that time in my life, it wasn't maybe the path God wanted me on, but my goal was to go into the military, become a special, uh, special forces, uh, soldier. And my goal at that time was to retire, to spend 30 years in retire out and live my life and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, and some things happened, you know, I hurt my shoulder and some things that it didn't work out. You know, I, I went through with it, but then they had to send me home on a, on a, you know, because of a medical injury. And, and so with that, you know, I was setting goals for sure at that age, you know, and, and maybe even before, but sure at 15. And then, you know, again, when I started going into the ministry, if you don't have goals in the ministry, man, you just, you might as well go ahead and walk out and go home because it just ain't going to happen. Let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Talk to me about the man you are today and how far you walked. I want to know what you sacrificed to get where you are today. Okay, so you want to know the sacrifice, not the struggle. Or do you want to know both? <laughs> both, please. Because people, okay. want, people want to understand that someone walking in your light or about sure. to walk in your light that you're walking in, and they need to know where the shiny spots are, not the dark spots. And that's, that's why I, I, I don't. I don't uh, brag on the struggle, but I brag on where I've come from. Um, I mean, Sheem, I used to do drugs. I used to drink. I used to be addicted to pornography. Um, you know, you name it, I did it, man, pretty much. I'd leave my wife and child to go to the club all night and hang out and party and just not being a very good man. You know, we're talking about manhood, not being a very good man, just acting like a boy in a man's in a man's shell. Right. And, and so... With that, you know, I came a long way. I came a long way from that to where I am today. Um, and so with that, you know, that's the struggles. That's the struggles I had to overcome, which is why I teach people, I can take you from struggle to success because I've been there. I'm a tour guide, man. I can take you where I've been. You know, the, on the other side of it, the um, the other side of it is those shining lights, those, those sacrifices. I mean, man, you know, to get to where I am today, I've had to sacrifice. I think I think success involves sacrifice. As a matter of fact, in my book I wrote, I wrote that, that you know, success involves sacrifice. And I talk about how Abraham had to lay Isaac on the altar, you know, and that's when he found his pinnacle of success with God, you know. Not that he killed his son, but that he was willing to sacrifice to get to where he could be the father of nations in, in truth. And and so with that, you know, I've sacrificed time, I've sacrificed money. I've sacrificed, uh, you know, resources. I've sacrificed a lot of things to get to where I am, but I can say I don't even look at it as a sacrifice because it resulted in success. And so I'm willing to give up some time here so that I can gain time on the other end of it. You know, I'm willing to give up some money here so that I can gain more money at the end of it. And it's all about perspective, man, you know? And so that's why I was saying when, other people see obstacles, I see opportunities. And that's what happened with the book. When the book fell in my lap, I was already, I'd already written it, was ready to publish it, uh, self-publish it and had it print. And I would already, I'd already talked to the lady in Texas who was gonna print it for me. And, you know, it was ready to go two weeks out and all I had to do was drop a check and it was done. And this opportunity fell in my lap. 
that presented itself as an obstacle because my daughter was getting married. I'd spent every dime I had on her wedding, except for $500. And they tell, they come at me and the opportunity drops with a publishing house that can get me worldwide, not just my little audience worldwide, but it's going to cost me $5,000. And I didn't have $5,000, but you know what I did? I said, I got 500. She said, put down 500 and we'll give you 30 days, no interest. If you can get it called up in 28 days, I'd raise $5,000 and send them the money. Mm. And so I didn't see an obstacle. I seen an opportunity. And again, I went back to what I knew with God, all things are possible. And so I just began to pray and do my diligence. And you know what, in 28 days, they had their $5,000 and four months later, I'm a published author at a number one spot. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's the way it works, brother. So I, I've seen the sacrifices, but I've seen it pay off. I mean, look, now I've got a business that's taken me worldwide and globally. So I, I applaud, I applaud all of that, all those blessings, all that favor upon you. You spoke about perspective. I want to, I want to get where you were when you were at your lowest moment, when you were feeling like you didn't know yourself, what perspective did you give yourself to get up? This is for the people that want to get out of the bar, who want to put the bottle down, who want to put the pornography down, which is once you go down some of these streets, these streets are very dark and very hard to get back, especially from the imagery of pornography. How do you train your mind to get out of those places? What did you do? How did you get up? Well, I think that's a big part of it. What you just said, Sheem, I think you have to train your mind. Right. And, and I get it. I'm, I'm a little different than a lot of people. I adapt very quickly. It's just, it's in my nature. It's who I am. It's who God made me. Um, I mean, you stick me anywhere for 24 hours. I'm adapted. It's like, okay, this is home. Let's, let's roll. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I'm able to do that. The other side of it is, is that, you know, when you look at it, um, so some people aren't, aren't as adaptable. Um, you know, for example, here's an example really quickly. The first of this year, I made up my mind that I was going to eat cleaner. So I became a pescatarian. I've eaten nothing but fish and vegetables and nuts and, you know, that kind of stuff. I've had no meat. I've cut out my sugars uh, other than what you have to get in a burrito shell or something. You know what I mean? I mean, but I've cut out pretty much all my sugars. And the only reason I say that's because I've always been a very, if I make up my mind to do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. And I think that's the key is that you have to make up your mind. I remember my grandfather stopping smoking after he told me he smoked his first tobacco rolled cigarette at like seven years old and he quit smoking in his sixties, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, he just made up his mind one day. He said, I'm just done. I'm finished with them. I'm, t- I'm done with them. And he set them down and never picked them back up. And I've seen people do those things. Right. And I think it's just a matter of getting your mindset right. Because again, let's go back to what I said, as a man thinks, that's what he becomes. Our minds are powerful, Sheen. Our minds are powerful. You know, there was a, a guest on the show named Ed Haynes and he said, people misunderstand and don't see the power when someone says, I've changed my mind. Yes. Like, like we say that so, it's so cliche. We say those things and just let it fly by. Like, man, I changed my mind about that. But I've changed my mind is such a profound statement. If you really stand on it, there's nothing you cannot do. Yeah. Well, she, but here's I, the thing. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. I was just, please. I was going to say, you know, when you change your mind, you decide, right? You decide. And I don't know if you've ever heard this, but the, the suffix of decide is I-D-E. That's where you find the word homicide, genocide, pesticide. It means to kill. It means to kill. So like for dinner this evening, if I've got on my, on my agenda, I can have Italian or I can have Mexican. I have to kill one of those decisions to move forward. If I'm looking at it and I say, I've got two jobs in front of me, one of those job opportunities has to die for the other to live. And so with that, when I decide, when I decide I'm going to eat cleaner, guess what? The beef and the chicken and, and all these other things have to die. When I decide I'm going to live a better life, pornography has to die. Alcoholism has to die. Drug addiction has to die. Going to the club and hanging out with the boys has to die because my family has to live. And so you have to decide. You have to kill one thing to let another live. I love this show. The reason I was shaking my head at you is because the guy I just spoke about said the same thing you said about the side. <laughs> it's a frequency. There's a frequency for wanting to be successful. It's a frequency yeah. for wanting to be a better man. 
And I hope everyone listening to this podcast here on after and before reading Jody's book, listening to all the ministries and things he is also doing, understand there is a frequency for success and better living. And once you tap into it, you'll find people all around you speaking the same things in different ways. Yes. I ask you, sir, what have you procrastinated on and why? (laughs) Oh, man, you're going to pull it out. Okay, so what I've procrastinated on, and and there's no other way to say it, is I still have to get this audio book out, man. And it's been a year in the making. But, and and I'm not going to make excuses, but, you know, business has picked up and I've been blessed. And and so it's it's like I want to help people so bad that I've just put it on the back burner. And actually, I just was thinking this week, I've got to get that out. You know, it's been a year, I've got to get it out. And that's going to, even though I didn't mean it this way, I think God is going to use it for good because in Romans 8, 28, he said he would. And I look at it as, you know, I'm still running full steam. I mean, I'm here talking to you because of the book after a year. And most authors I know lose steam after a month, you know? And so the way I look at it is this is going to be a revigoration of that steam here in the next few months. When I release that audio book, it's a brand new concept, brand new push. And so it's just going to bump everything right back up so even though i might have should have done it a year ago i believe god will just take it and flip it and and make it work for my good you know we're we're cousins in this solutions movement here yes sir we have solutions ministries i have solutions for men and we we just recently met but like i said there's a frequency for success and men being better people being better period and i like to ask you how important it is to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going it's imperative you know you you can't (laughs) you can't stay where you was and become who you're meant to be it's Mm. just it's it's an oxymoron it can't happen you know you can't you can't stay a boy and become a man you can't stay a single person and become a husband you can't stay you know um whatever it would be without children and become fathers you you have to change you have to progress you're either progressing or you're digressing, or I will say this, you can just settle and become complacent, but my, to be successful, you have to be making steps forward. And even if that's a baby step, you're moving in the right direction. And so you just have to keep moving toward the direction you're going in, but there's no way, there's no way, uh, Sheem, you can, you can stay the way you are and expect to get somewhere different. I believe that's almost like the definition of insanity, right? I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expect different results. I can't expect for me to get wealthy or to grow a business or to do anything staying where I'm at. And that's why I tell people, you know, one of the characteristics of highly successful people is they're coachable. And even, even just recently being on some zoom conversations with some very high profile multi-billionaires, they have coaches. You see, we look at people like that and we're like, they don't need coaches. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap into something you know real well and that's Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan, most people don't know Mike and Mike had uh, his own hired, he personally paid for this guy, strength and training coach that was working with him while he was playing with the Bulls because he realized if I'm gonna get better, I can't stay where I'm at. Now the team's giving me what they can give me, but I need more because I want to push myself to be the best I can be. And so Michael went out and did that and, you know, agree or disagree. I believe he's the greatest of all time, but you know, so <laughs> we I'm won't get into the LeBron Michael argument, but you know, <laughs> I'm not even getting to nobody about this argument, man. Proof is in the pudding. And the pudding, the pudding will never be enough for some people. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I'm saying. So, like, a lot of people look at Michael and, and they don't understand what all went on behind the scenes. But the thing is, he couldn't stay where he was and get to where he was going. And it's that way with anybody you find with success. You can't, you can't successfully become a better husband and stay where you're at. Like, I couldn't stay in the club and be a good husband. I just couldn't. Right. So, you have to, you have to move forward. Let me ask you this question. I like, I just added it. You're like the fifth person to ask this question to out of many. And you let me know, should I keep this question? Is it too intrusive? Or do you think it's a good question? Are you okay. ready for it? Yes, sir. Fair. Fair. <laughs> shoot. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? And how long did it take for you to accept it?
What was abusive to me that I thought was love? And how long did it take me to recognize it and accept it? Um, let me start off by saying I think it's a really good question. Um, you're making me dig deep into myself and, and question, you know, what part of me do I share with you? How vulnerable do I become? <laughs> I'm just being realistic. Um, I won't go into details, but, you know, there was there was some things that happened when I was a young kid that um, that definitely you would think you should get love from that person, but it didn't turn out to be love. It was it was abusive. And with that, it has caused me to, uh, you know, it took me a while, man. It took me years to realize it wasn't love. It was abuse. It was it was something that was detrimental to me. Um, and, you know, it took me many more years to heal over that. So, so if that's okay, that's a little vague, but no, 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 that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Listen, for those who are listening, when you're dealing with something that, that deep inside of you, cause we all have one, we all have that one thing that, that we fight with that people don't know we fight. So I just want to address how you deal with it. You have to understand there's a long road to healing. It's no short way to heal from it. Right. It's just as long as you don't project. That's my advice, everybody. Right. Don't project. Right. Allow yourself to heal because you deserve it. Right, right. And and I'll say this to add on to that and piggyback on that scheme is that sooner or later you're gonna have to you're gonna have to face that devil. You know, you're gonna have to face that 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 the thing. Uh, even if you never face the person, you got to face the thing. You know, and mm -hmm. and so when you face that thing it's it's not pretty man it's a fight it's ugly and and but if you'll push through it you know there's so much on the other side of that that you'll get you can't change anything that's happened in your past but you can change how you go forward like you were saying and and how you how you deal with things and making sure you don't you know put that on somebody else yeah absolutely there's a freedom in that and you never yeah. that you never know you yeah. need it absolutely 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 Talk to me about so I, would say, I would say keep it. I would say keep it. But you know, keep it. Right. realize some people some people might not respond too well to it, but it's okay. Keep it. <laughs> you, did, you did great, man. You did great. I want to talk to you about fatherhood and mentorship. But I don't want to talk about the nice, beautiful things about being a father. Oh, my baby is cute. I want to talk about the times when you love your child, but you don't like them right now. Talk to me about the patience you got to have as a father. Oh, well, it's funny. I've got two daughters and they're completely different. Like they're polar opposite. The one is so much like me and the other one's so much like her mom. And so you can imagine the one that's so much like me, we butt heads quite often. Now we've gotten better because she's grown now and she's got a family of her own. And, and so we can actually talk better now, but man, there's been times where, Oh, you know, I, I could, I, I, I just, you know, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that we didn't get along. <laughs> We, we didn't get along. Uh, you know, I mean, she would just get, she could crawl up under my skin and hit that nerve, man. And, and so uh, you got to have patience. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I had to take a step back and this is as a pastor, right? And at the end of the day, I would have to take a step back and say, you know, look, you just mad at yourself because she's just like you. And so, you know, just try to encourage her and try to help her. And, and I would do those things. I would, you know, I would, Sometimes, I mean, we had our, we had our heated discussions, but then I would go back and I'd be like, look, I hope, you know, I just care for you. I just want to see the best for you. And I can't say Sheen that I'm not any more proud of my daughters today and the women they've come to be, but it did take a lot of patience and it took a lot of, uh, a lot of discussions. <laughs> Listen, my son is only three years old and I have to catch myself sometimes cause they just stomp all over the, uh, your last nerve so much that you forget that they're your child for say you gotta you yeah. know catch yourself and be like listen i can't treat you like a stranger i love you right That's now right. i don't like you right like, you really you really, <laughs> you really getting on my nerve so for those fathers out there listen it's okay to feel that way but catch yourself because yeah. you're training yourself on how to deal yeah. with the real world as well as the world that you're currently in with your children that's right. And you know, that, that script flips. I've had my daughter tell me, I don't like you right now. Yeah. Like, That's okay. Cause there's a lot of days I don't like you either. So it's yeah. okay. Cause they throw it right back at them. Cause it hurts too. Those, those are the real ones that really hurt you. Like both of you yeah. guys can hurt each other with your words. Those are the times the words really 
really make make the biggest things but the love is there as long as the love is there we can get back we can get back to the like yes sir yes sir should there be a basic training program amongst men a level of education given now i want to speak directly outside of the church outside of the school outside of the boys and girls club i'm talking about community-based building where we teach our children financial literacy even adults financial literacy communication how to change a tie how to change a tire gardening general wealth building like stocks and real estate, speaking with the elderly with intent, do you think it's something we can ever implement on our own and share each other's experiences so we, our communities can have a basic level of communication? Sure, I think it's huge to have that. And you know, this is where I see the, the uh, merging of the olden days, if we call it that, you know, the past and the future is that, you know, because of things like you've got here, this, this podcast, because of apps that we can jump in and we can have social gatherings and social rooms and talks mm -hmm. and conversations, we find that that's able to be taking place, right? We right. can empower, empower people. We can encourage people. Um, with that, you know, there's, there's another level of it. You're talking about coming into community. I believe that we can come into community. Um, and I know we're living in a, in a, funky time right now with COVID and all that. But I think we can, you know, once things begin to get back, I think it's important to have that in the community. But you know, at the end of the day, Sheem, going back to the last question, I think it starts at home, you know, and, and we're leaving out the church, we're leaving out all that. You know, as parents, we have to understand it's not the, it's not the education system's job to, to teach our kids everything. It's not, it's not the church's job, it's not, it's my job. It's my job to teach my kid how I want him to be or her to be, how I want them to react in, in the world today. And that's where I see some of that getting lost, right? Because back in the, you know, my granddad's day, they did, they were taught to garden. They were taught to change tires. They were taught to work. Now they might not have went and got the formal education that we get today, mm -hmm. but you know, I think we need to merge those two because the former education is good, but if you don't have the respect and the dignity and the character that backs all that learning up, it's, it's of no use really. I mean, at the end of the day. I, yeah, the, the question came about for me because we need to make certain things exciting for kids to respond to. And if we have a, a linear excitement about it, like I'm if I'm your next door neighbor and you're excited about stocks and then you're excited about stocks. And I mean, so every time we see each other's kids, hey, did you guys invest in it, Nike today? Hey, we're going to yeah. do a flea market on the street this guy this week. And all of you have to sell something entrepreneur of the street. And all of us adults are going to come buy from all your kids, whatever you do with your money. Like, like we just cons consistently just doing things that we all speak the same language in the community yeah. just to make stocks look fun. Financial literacy look fun to our kids. Like, this is so cool. Our parents are into this and all the parents are down the street. Even if they hate it, they're going to talk about it. Oh my God, my dad is coming talking about financial literacy. So is Mr. Evans down the street. Like it will grow in them. And I think it will just right. upgrade the communication level that we have as a community. People want to talk to each other more. At least. Absolutely. 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 And I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, I'm part of organizations that do some of that. They teach children how to become entrepreneurial. And I love it, man. I love being a part of something like that. Yeah. And um, and you're right. I mean, because a lot of things, look, I'm not against education, but there's a lot of things I learned in my schooling that I'll never use in my life. Yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, on the flip of that, we homeschooled our kids and that's fine if you do or you don't. But in homeschooling our kids, we were able to to try to invest in what they felt they were led to do and their yeah, purpose for the life. Structure and, and there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. And I wish the school systems would somehow find a way to implement some of that at a certain age. Where are you feeling like you're going in life? What are your huge interests? What are your passions? Let's plug you into that somehow. If it stops, then mm -hmm. let's have a class that we, you can get plugged into about, I mean, with the online world, there's no reason why we couldn't do that. Yeah. And you might not, you might have the next big, stock trader right there sitting in your room you know what i mean but because you're not empowering him he may never become that so yeah just just i just want to i will when, when parents are excited about something innately the kids get excited about it yeah. just unfortunately in a lot of our communities especially in my community we're excited about things that don't bring that don't bring economic economics to our community so our right. kids just follow that trend. And, and I just want us to start thinking constantly what we publicly get excited about in front of our kids may determine how they 
cultivate their future with economics. Absolutely. I agree 100%, Sheen. I do. I want to poll you now. Let's have some fun. All right. <laughs> I want to know the top three things you want in a woman or that you have in your woman that you love, right? But I want to see if you say the one thing I feel most men don't say. They think it's a guarantee, but it isn't. Give me your top three and I'll let, I'll let you know if you got the one word that I have in my head. All right. So, so of course for me, it's that she's a godly woman. Okay. That's, I knew that was number given. one. Yeah. We yeah knew that's that number given. one. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because if not, we're going to have some kind of division and that's not going to work. So, right. so godly woman. Number two, um, I think I want a woman who, who supports my dreams, supports my vision. Absolutely. Um, and number three, I would say, I, you know, and I've got all this really. And and number three, I would say that I would look for a woman who has her own vision, who has her own own thing she wants to do. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's great and, and subjugated to the way you like it. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think sometimes we leave out intelligence. For sure. We think, sure. We think it's guaranteed. Sure. Like most men and women are there. Most of us are not. They won't have all the IQ to have, hold a conversation because conversations and communication is the key of staying together, right? Absolutely. So if you have a woman who is driven, that is a form of intelligence because she's smart enough to know she needs to love herself. So you have it. Yeah. You have the intangible there. Yeah. Don't let it go, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. How much are you trying to understand communication between you and your spouse? Are you reading books to understand? Are you? What are you doing to keep the communication going? Yeah, that's huge too, Sheen. You got you asked some good questions, man. Um, yeah, it's it's big because again, what you said, and I've seen it enough as a pastor that's had to counsel people, you know, and even at that point where I wasn't living the way I should have been living and doing craziness, you know, the communication wasn't what it needed to be. And communication is huge. As you said, it can't be a monologue. It can't be me always doing the talking or her always doing the talking. It can't always just be about the kids and about you know, work or, or whatever, you have to dig a little deeper and say, what is it you want to do in life? You know, what is, what is it? And I tell people this all the time, Sheen, is that you have to continually communicate. You see, there was a point in my marriage, if I'm being transparent, there was a point in my marriage where I thought, man, I got this girl figured out. I got a, I got a PhD in this. I've got her figured. But you know what? That girl and the woman I'm married to today is two different people. Right. Because she has evolved. She has changed. You know, she has grown. Her color, her favorite color isn't the same. Her clothes size aren't the same. You know, her interests have have evolved or have changed completely. You know, um, some of those things. And so just like I have, you know, you would have met me at 19 years old and see me now. I wish I was now then what I am now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, but but I evolved. I changed. I grew up. I matured. I I, I learned some new things. I became involved in some new things. And so communication helps with that. And I tell couples all the time, I'm like, look, you know, just take a night and it's, you know, we, shoot, we, we getting close to Valentine's day, you know, right. hearing stuff. And, and so, you know, you're looking at, Hey, you know, take some time, go out on a date or do some dinner together and talk, right. talk. Hey baby, is your favorite color still purple? You know, because I know you love purple. Oh, well, you know, actually, I think I like blue better now. Oh, okay, well, that's good to know. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 do some of that. And it don't have to be that that some people would say childish, but talk. You know, talk. Something good to do is talk at the end of every year. What's your vision for next year? For you, for you. What's your vision for us? Where do you see us in five years? You know. It's great to talk about those things, man. You know, you know what's so interesting about that? I challenge people to do two things. I challenge people to interview their spouse and interview their parents. If you have the opportunity, if your parents are still living, because you'll find out how human both of those people really are. Yes. And then you'll find out your, your relationship will grow so much better when you know, because like, like you said, she's a new person or he's a new person right now and you got to reintroduce yourself after a certain amount of years they say studies that the human body changes every seven years so that means your mind changes too you grow and every seven years and you plan to spend a lifetime with someone and you expect them not to grow and change and have different interests yeah you're fooling yourself absolutely fooling yourself so i appreciate you speaking those terms today and letting us dropping those gems on us we talked yeah, about thank you so much 
We talk about leaving a legacy, but we mostly ignore major steps. Do you have a will? Are you asking me, do I have a will? Yes, sir. Um, no. Why do you think you don't have a will? Are you afraid of the conversation of the will? No, not at all. Just procrastination. And, and it's not out of fear. It's just, I don't know. I need to. I need to. Why do you think we run from it as a culture, as a people, the conversation? I think for some people, it is the fear. I mean, I'm not afraid to die at all. Uh, I think for some people, it's a morbid thought and they don't want to get into that aspect of it. For other people, and, and you know, if I'm being honest, it was, let's go back to our earlier earlier question. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it's never talked about, right? right? I mean, it, it is at the point of death, like, did they have a will? You know, but it's never one of those things that are initiated that, hey, hey, son, or hey, daughter, you know, you should really put a will in place the moment you become an adult to make sure that anybody that you're connected to is cared for. Um, and so with that, what happens? It becomes a, an afterthought, right? And the problem is after you're dead, there is no thought. So it becomes a burden to the people around you. And, you know, so with that, Sheem, I think it's, I think it's important for everybody to have a will. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, talking to my my pastor, who's an African-American, he and I have actually had this conversation, you know, and he shared with me that in, in his community, that that's something that isn't done very often as well, again, because it's not conversated about, it's not brought about. And see, from my perspective, the the family unit I grew up in, that conversation didn't happen a lot either. You know what I'm saying? And so I relate to that. That's why I asked the question on the show. When I first got introduced to a will, uh, an older older white man used to pull me to the side in the gym. He was a, he was a very successful man, owned a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings. I didn't know him. He just pulled me to the side and said, young man, do you have a will? And I said, no, sir, I'm too young to have a will and I don't have anything to leave. That is the most common answer people say. But he said, no, you have plenty to leave, sir. You need to have your affairs in order and don't get a will, don't leave a bill, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then uh, I just am trying to encourage the conversation with people to speak about it so we can start thinking about it. Like, yeah, we need to have life insurance. We need to have a will. It's a one-time conversation we need to have with the people we love. We don't need to dwell in death, but we need to understand that this thing will happen for everyone. And there's no point, in, especially in my culture, us doing fundraisers and relying on other people to pay for something that you could pay for yourself with a little bit of life insurance or something that you sacrificed. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. I so agree. I hope I I'm going to go do it now. I'm going to go do it now. I'll push the conversation for you forward. And I hope I hope people are listening. I hope we got you a little bit closer to not saying this is not the final curtain call. This is just preparation meets opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I have another subjugated question for you, which is fun husband talk. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. There is no wrong answer, sir. It's only your answer, but please explain why you chose. And I I hope your wife is listening. She's not. She's in the other room. She's heard this story enough. She ain't going to believe this, man. Um, So I I come out of the military, you know, wasn't able to stay in there. I uh, wasn't living very good at the time, you know, drinking every weekend, just doing crazy stuff. And, um, but I met her, man. And and she, she just, something happened, something clicked. Long story short, we dated for one month and I asked her to marry me. That was 26 years ago. Saved your life. And, you know, it was just, I just knew, I just knew. I mean, I dated girls, of course, but I just knew that there, there's just something different about this one and it wasn't you know people say well how did you know i don't know i just knew you know and and the thing is is that at the time we probably couldn't have been more polar opposite at the time but we've grown together and been through so much that you know i don't know if anybody would have stuck with me through things and i don't know if anybody would have stuck with her through things so we were made like two pieces of a puzzle to fit together take the right amount of energy to go the journey and sometimes when it fits, when the socket connects correctly to the outlet and the power is ignited, some not, not, nothing can break that apart. Even if you get disconnected, the magna, the what magna polarity will pull you closer. Yeah. If I'm saying it yeah. right, I'm not sure. As a husband, as a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? A great wife. Please explain. That's, that's, that's my estimation. 
Well, you see, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> to all my single men out there, a lot of you are looking for a woman, but you need to be looking for a wife because you can't turn a woman into a wife, but you can find a wife who will become your wife. And, you know, the thing is, is that you're trying to make a woman who maybe is not ready to be a wife. You're trying to make her a wife and she's not ready or she may never be ready to be a wife. But the problem is, is that if you find a woman who is a wife, Proverbs 31 says, Who, whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing. Her price is far above rubies. And notice he didn't say whoever finds a woman and turns her into a wife. So I would choose wife she. Mm, I like that analogy. I like that. You, you hear that, gentlemen, whoever was listening, for those who chose woman and wife, we, we're, we're going neck and neck with these answers. There's no wrong answer, but I hope you guys put it all in your tool belt and take it in accordingly to pick the right one for you. Yes, absolutely. Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman. But Mr. Jody Aldman, I ask you, do you defend the title? Are you Michael Jordan going back to back to back? Are you winning the title? Are you competing with the best versions of yourself? Are you rubbing her feet at night? Are you doing the things she likes? <laughs> are you praying yeah, together? Man. Whatever it takes, are you defending the title? Yeah, absolutely. I might lose a game here or there, but when it comes <laughs> down to nitty gritty, we, we're going to come home with the championship. When it comes to the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, we're coming home with it. We're going to be, we're going to be Tom Brady walking off the field with the new team. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bringing home the gold. Can't, can't put me, you put me anywhere, we're going to win. Put me anywhere, we're going to win. <laughs> exactly. I hear that. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories, purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. 20% each give myself a daily score, average myself out at the end of the week. Hopefully I'm operating closest to 100% as possible going towards my goals and my journey. Purpose, meaning you're living in your purpose, doing the things that God has planned for you and also you're living in your, your, your overall purpose, what you're supposed to be doing. Health is you're eating right, meditating, praying, and exercising. Confidence means you're doing it with confidence without any fear or intimidation. Money is you made a little money today, saved a little money, and invested a little money and knowledge you took in some new knowledge and information so mr aldman i ask you within the last 24 hours how much of 100 percent have you been operating out of that is purpose health confidence money and knowledge i'm between 95 and 100. Woo he's moving yeah. that's a soldier right there let us know yeah. what five percent you might be missing <laughs> Um, I've not moved into the investment world yet. Yes. Yes, sir. So, so that's, that's a move. There. That's a move I'm looking at going forward, but I've not moved there yet. And it's so again, fun, it's a fun, exciting place. Again, it's, it's part of my, you know, them, them conversations never happened. Right. right. So I, I've not had that influence until recently and getting around more successful people. And, you know, whether that's real estate or stocks or whatever, you know, that's, that's a conversation I've been having for a little bit now, but just getting to that place to get started. So that's, that's my 5%, but the rest of it, I mean, I'm, I'm running on all cylinders, man. I'm, I'm going. Congratulations, sir. That is a great thing. And I want to tell you, once you start getting into investments for those who are listening, it's scary at first because you're putting up something that you work hard for, but it's so much fun. Win or lose. It's invigorating. It is a roller coaster ride and you will win more than you lose and you will understand it and you will do better than you did in the beginning and in the future. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows of people like me shine. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. So Mr. Joe, do you have any man you would like to invite on this show, referral-wise, to come and increase this conversation in manhood? Yeah, uh, let's see. I would say, um... There's a guy that I'm connected to. His name is John Hewlin, and um, and he he's an entrepreneur as well. But he he could add some stuff to your conversation for sure. I have something to tell you, sir. John Hewlin is already scheduled to be on this show, so you have there to give us another guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'll be honest. I'm I'm connecting with a lot of people in in social media right now that are just powerful people, man, and. Um, 
And so for sure, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a referral. Don't make me, don't put me on the spot. I'm going to have to look <laughs> at it, but, but I'll give you one for sure that, that I think would be beneficial to you. Um, I know a lot of people that are powerful people, but sometimes they don't like to get out and talk about it. So, you know, the thing is that, yeah, I've got, I've got several actually, um, I, here's, here's one that would actually be of a great benefit to you. Actually, now that I think about it, have you ever heard of Ali Madawi? No, I have not. What about Dr. Stan Harris? No, I have not. Yeah. Dr. Stan would be really great for you and he would make the time to make sure he did it. Absolutely. Let's, let's get these guys on the show. They call it, they call him Dr. Breakthrough. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's get these guys on the show. Let them know it's not about, you know, it's, it's just about experiences, about what they shared, how to grow people. And that's what we do here. We're growing yeah. people in conversation. We're growing men and women here. Help women understand us more and help us understand ourselves so that we can be understood yeah. <laughs> to ourselves, you know? Is there anything you'd like to say to the audience today? Any shout outs you'd like to give? Any referrals that you'd like to give about your book or any information, things that you're doing? Sure. Um, yeah. So just real quick, if anybody wants to connect with me, they can go to my website. It's Solution Ministries, just like your show, solutionministries.com. And, you know, there's there's references all over there. They can schedule a free 30 minute strategy call with me and we can get in and see how I can help you strategize to either find your purpose, as you was talking about in life, or take your purpose and pivot it and start creating profit from it that you can make money even while you sleep. And so that's what I want to help people do. Um, just find success in life. Then the other side of it is, is, you know, as far as um, just thank you, man, for having this show. I thank you for empowering men. It's good to know that, you know, even though you come from humble beginnings down in South Carolina, you're doing amazing things now, man. And so I'm glad I'm happy for you. Glad we've connected. And um, yeah, so just keep going, man. Keep going. We need to lead the charge and keep changing the world. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Shouts out to South Carolina and I have to shout out to Bronx, New York as well. I would be remiss if I didn't give that fabric of my life, you know, BX. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. Also, you can follow me at Sheen One on all platforms. Let's continue this conversation on Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, or in the street if you see me. We end today's quote with a we end today's show with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and pursuit of personal excellence. Question of the day. Question of your life. Are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions. She gave me the green light. Now it's time to take flight. Let's go. Because I'm out the ordinary. 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 Out the ordinary.